Welcome back to Health Call Live. If you've got a question, you don't have to give blood to get the answer. Just call us at 447-1190. Or you can text 46862. That's what somebody did with the question. What would normally be a good amount of vitamin T, D, D, David, D3, to take each day? That varies. Uh, there's lots of kind of debate about that. I can tell you this. I have had my blood tested, and you heard Dr. Wegman say earlier in the hour, a good blood level is 30 to 50 is kind of the, the recommended. Minimum is 30, 50, he said, is, is a good place to be. In my body, it takes 5,000 units a day for me to remain at that level. So that's different for everybody. How much you eat in your diet, how body your body processes, all those things, it's a variable. So a vitamin D test is not a bad thing to undergo to understand exactly what is your blood level, and then you can adjust accordingly. Um, vitamin D3 is available lots of places, and you know quality matters. So uh, if I would get it from a either your doctor, if you're one of Dr. White, Patients, you can do that right in the office, or um, uh, our good friend Greg Russell at Fort Wayne Custom RX has quality vitamin D3 available there. You can get that blood test at uh, any lab test now. So that's the answer. You can't. You want to be careful not to overdo vitamin D3, particularly if you have kidney issues. That can get to be a serious problem. So nothing to mess around with. But there's your answer as far as my body is concerned. That's what I have to take to stay where I am. At. So, want to transition here into uh, movies and TVs we've seen over the years. You typically see a scene in a medical drama where a doctor says, you know, you don't have long to live. And of course, that does happen every day in real life, but it seldom plays out like we see it on TV, right? So that's why an article that I saw in MedPage today, it really caught my eye. The headline was, How to Tell Patients They're Dying. It was written by a doctor who has that unpleasant job several days a week. He's a hospice and palliative care specialist in New York. So I reached out to him to learn more about what, why did he write that article and what happens in that world. His name is Dr. Shinichi Nakagawa, and he wrote this article because he thinks doctors who do not work in a hospice world just don't get enough training about the right way to share this terrible news with their patients. And he wrote about one specific case in which it was clear that a young woman was was not going to survive. So he and another doctor and her family members were all gathered around her bed. As it happened, she was unable to speak, so she had to communicate using a whiteboard. But Dr. Nakagawa told me that that, although an unusual situation, is one that he chose to write about because it contained lots of lessons for other doctors. I start the conversation uh, by asking the patient that how much uh, she knows. And then... Uh, she she knew she she's very sick, um, but uh, she was not completely sure uh, what that means. So um, after I understood that, uh, I started to explain to her uh, how she's doing medically. And so you explained to her she would not be going home, and she just flat out asked you, "Am I dying? Does that happen often?" Uh, it happened, uh, yeah, I think it happened off. And, and what was your answer? How did you reply? So, like I wrote in my article, I generally 
I'm not comfortable answering, you know, yes, you are dying or no, you are not. Uh, because, I mean, I, I'm afraid that a yes or no answer is, may not be clear enough. That's what I'm afraid of. I don't want to confuse the, the patient because this is a very bad situation usually. And, uh, uh, I don't, my role is uh, as a physician, uh, I want to, make this conversation, you know, as mm -hmm. easy as possible for, for the patient to understand. Uh, I, I usually try to respond with, you know, uh, you know, your time seems to be, you know, getting short. That's how, I mean, uh, that's the way I, I choose to respond. You know, if you told me that, I would say, well, how short, how much time do I have? That's got to be the common question, right? Mm -hmm. And then do you express that in... Give me an idea of days, weeks, months. Is that how you explain it? This is a very difficult question, uh, you know, physicians uh, face. And uh, I think one of the problems that uh, we try to be like precise, uh, we try to answer the specific numbers. I think that's wrong. Uh, even if we have the uh, specific statistics, you know, that number does not apply to the patient in you know, front of you. So, you know, it's better to be vague. Um, I think... In, when we're talking about the prognosis, there's a dilemma. You know, the, the more precise you're trying to be, the more imprecise you're going to become. So it's better to be vague. Uh, so when I answer this question, I answer with, you know, ranges of the time, like hours to days, days to weeks, weeks to months, months to years. And then what do patients typically ask you at that point? Um, and what, what should I, as a patient, what should I be asking? Uh, some patients might not be aware that how much time they have left. So first we need to be on the same page about that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that makes sense. Um, do you receive as physicians, typically are you counseled? Do you receive training in how to have this conversation with patients? So I'm a palliative care physician and then uh, I did a special training. Uh, I went at the fellowship, uh, so one for one year. Um, but, uh, to be honest with you, I think the uh, main problem, uh, the very big, big problem is, uh, in the medical school and in the residency training, I think we spent, uh, too little time and energy for communication. I think that's the biggest, the very like, root problem of this, uh, of this thing. Yeah. So not enough time learning how to talk to patients that's that's interesting yeah i think we can feel I, I, that I, as patients sometimes because it's um it seems as though we're, we're not on the same wavelength with our doctors often right right uh i i think it's ridiculous that uh you know we study uh we study a lot about the uh you know the test we study a lot about the treatment we study a lot about uh you know in the, in the medical school we study so hard but, uh, you know, we, I think it's ridiculous. We spend so little time and energy for communication. I mean, everybody studied how to read EKG. Um, but uh, if you do the, if you're not a cardiologist, you're not going to use that uh, knowledge a lot after you become a doctor. But uh, in terms of talking to the patient, I mean, regardless of the specialty, you have to talk to the patient and family. Mm -hmm. And then uh, as long as you talk to the patient and family, it's impossible it's impossible for you to avoid giving bad news. Uh, so 
that's why I think it's uh, uh, you know, really ridiculous that we spend so little time in medical school and residency about the communication. Yeah. What do you think is important for all of us on this side of the stethoscope? What should we know about the death process? Not necessarily in the dying process. Uh, even before that, way, way before that, I want the patient to know the two things. One is, you know, what makes their life meaning. And then the second thing is, uh, you know, is there any condition that is not acceptable to them? Uh, I think these two things, uh, I think patients should know. And the patients should share that with, uh, you know, their loved one, their family or whoever. So those conditions that are unacceptable, do you, do you mean life support, uh, intubation, those types of things? Is that what you're talking about? Everybody has a different opinion. People look at the thing different way. You know, what makes their life meaningfully different? Uh, you know, when I talk to a patient, uh, when I ask this question, some patients tell me, doctor, my most important thing is eating. I enjoy eating food. That makes my life, my life meaningful. So if I lose that ability, I have to live on the feeding tube for the rest of my life. You know, that's not life for me. I don't want to live like that. You know, some people say that. So there you go. That is a doctor who has to deal with informing patients that their time is short on a daily basis. And interesting that he says it's important for all of us to understand going in. What are those conditions under which we just don't want to go forward? Because that's going to help the doctor guide the terms of our care. Interesting. I just thought it was interesting to hear about that from Dr. Shinichi Nakagawa. Glad that you were here today. Hope that you'll be with us again next Saturday morning and every Saturday morning at 9 o'clock as we roll on with the Health Call Live Radio Hour here on WoWo. We will see you next week. You've been listening to Health Call Live. Watch a recording of today's program on the Health Call Facebook page or on the web at www.healthcall.live. Drop us a line to recommend a guest or suggest a topic for a future broadcast. Join us next Saturday at 9 a.m. for another edition of Health Call Live on WoWo 1190 a.m. and 107.5 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.